Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. Today I want to talk about a real subject that I find our culture is imploding on and that is really becoming a massive issue. Now, I'm what I want to talk about is the drive that we have to fill the loneliness of our childhood, what we experience in childhood with temporary means of connection, false connection, and how that tends to show up. I want to start with a little bit about my story that I didn't realize was such a big deal until years later after going through so much pain in my marriage and so much betrayal that it catapulted me into this realization of, oh my gosh, like I literally was doing this based out of childhood pain. I was picking my partner out of childhood pain and I wasn't even aware of it until years later after getting so much healing. So a little bit about my story is that I can remember being really young and I, gosh, I mean, I may be like five or six and wanting a boyfriend. And even at a really young age, sitting and telling my parents about how the neighborhood boy was so cute and this and that, and how I really wanted him to be my boyfriend. And my parents were really confused on why I was in this space of needing this connection already so young. And I realized as I've gone through all of my healing journey is that I had a real hole in my attachment with my parents. And there's a lot of factors around why that is. A lot of it is generational stuff of how you know, attachment passed down and avoidance was passed down, how there was a lack of emotional intelligence in both of my parents, not their fault, just what happened to them. There wasn't the resources for them to heal and grow like there is now. There's so much information now that is healing and helps us to grow as people than there was more than ever. The access to information and the capacity to build inside it internally your character is a lot more accessible now than ever. We have coaches, we have therapists, we have groups, we have things that are just, just weren't accessible before. So I want to kind of preface this with that. I'm not making excuses for my upbringing, but I want to say like everybody has the capacity that they have based on what they experienced growing up. And, you know, to be honest, the generations before things were not talked about, things were not discussed. And so it left my generation really with so much deficit. And then when the internet came out, it was like, oh my God, like there's this whole world of access to people than there ever was before. So with that being said, I, I grew up because I'm 41. So I didn't grow up in that internet, you know, phase where in my earlier years that I had access to so many people, I didn't grow up with that. So I, had a lot of boyfriends at school. I I was always having a boyfriend at some point in my life. And I was like obsessed with wanting to get married. And I never knew why. I never knew why I had boyfriend after boyfriend. And I realized over the last, gosh, maybe a couple of weeks that I had this real deep internal aloneness that I wasn't aware of. And that I was trying to fill this void of feeling alone inside with a relationship. And I had no idea that I was doing that. And then as I was kind of contemplating this weekend, we went 
up to Big Sur in California where there's like this gorgeous river. And I tried to pretty much every morning go and sit by the river so I could contemplate. This is how I process. I, I like to sit by a body of water, whether that's the ocean or a river. I just like to do that. And it really helps me to come to certain conclusions. And as I process my own life and I, I contemplate a lot, which apparently is some sort of attachment skill. So I, I did have a level of attachment growing up where I could contemplate about myself and, and look inward and go, okay, like, what am I doing that is causing me to do such and such? Or like, what, why am I doing what I'm doing? And so I went by the river and I was contemplating my life and I had realized, oh my gosh, like I picked and I got married early and fast. I think Malachi and I were together nine months total before we got married. So I really didn't know him. I, well, I didn't really know him. I did not know him on any scale. I just knew what I knew about him on the surface and what he told me, but I didn't know him. I didn't know about all his addictive behavior. I, if I had known that I probably would have made a different choice. I probably wouldn't have married him. Um, because I just, you know, I didn't know. And so there was so many things that led me to, to get married super fast. And in the way that I did, there was, there was a draw to my husband based on expectations that I had pain that I had not dealt with grief that was unprocessed. And I can see that now. And I can see that the great loneliness that I was experiencing didn't get healed in my marriage. It became greater. It became more exasperated. When my husband was in addiction and I was just kind of um, on the outside of that, not really knowing what was happening. And I didn't know what was going on in our marriage. And I I didn't have any concept of marriage, really. I, I didn't know what it should look like. I didn't know what a healthy marriage looked like. I was just kind of repeating what I had seen without really knowing what I had seen. And it, it was interesting because my parents, how I witnessed them in their marriage was, it was very loving, actually. My parents, my dad, you know, he always came home and greeted my mom with a big kiss. They were very touchy-feely um, in a healthy way in front of us. Obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't inappropriate. But I, but I also noticed that they didn't do repair very well, or I didn't know how repair would was supposed to be because I never really, I never really saw them fight. There was occasional riffs or tiffs, but they'd be squashed really quick in front of us. So I didn't know what repair looked like in relationship watching it. I didn't see a dynamic. I didn't see my parents, you know, um, go and, and fight and then come back and, and share how they were able to repair I didn't have repair growing up. So I didn't have a concept of what that looked like in relationships. So I ended up building um, an anxious attachment in my relationship um, attachment style. And it showed up a lot more in my marriage because I would always be afraid of not having repair in the marriage it, because my husband has been avoided attached. I would have this like dynamic with him where I'd like panic and he would avoid when I would panic about being like not in repair, not being in healthy connection again. And so I would panic. And then as I would panic, he would kind of disappear emotionally. And so it left me feeling 
incredibly alone. And I had already felt alone prior to the marriage, prior to the relationship and thinking that marriage subconsciously feeling like marriage would fix that, that issue. And it didn't, it just exasperated it. And as I began to ponder about this, I realized that a lot of, a lot of people in our culture right now are experiencing this on a very real level. You have people, we have, this generation is called the hookup culture where, you know, there are so many apps that you can just find. There's ways you can find people and just have sex with them or chat or, you know, just get your needs met in a sense by having this quick avoidant connection where, you know, you don't really know the person on the other end. You're just physically swapping something with them. And then you're left with nothing. You're, you're not really left with feeling secure or healthy or connected. You're 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 only having a moment of connection. And I find that a lot of people are doing this because they didn't get the resources growing up on how to have healthy connection. And in my generation, it was get married as quick as possible, and especially in Christian culture, get married as quick as possible to avoid having sex. And like, that's the goal, like avoid having sex before you get married. So that way, you know, you're not, you're not going against God and going against the, the unhealth of that. And I find that that is toxic as well, because if it's just about sex and then you get married and then you have this experience where you're still feeling alone and you're not having, um, it's not meeting the expectation that you thought, then you're not really in reality of what marriage is for. And marriage is for the purpose of two people coming together and knowing each other. And as they know each other, they're building their character with each other. They're becoming a unit and a team. And they are not seeing each other as uh, enemies. They're seeing each other as people that you're working, another person that you're working with to be healthy and grow with. You're not looking at the other person to fulfill the big gap in your life. You're not using them as a means to, you know, fill your bucket in the sense of like your childhood pain and trauma, but you, you're looking at them as a, as a person that you're doing life with to grow and expand, um, healthy generations. So that way the next generation can be healthier than what you were. And most people don't go into marriage that way because there hasn't been a lot of health in our culture where we understand what marriage is really for and relationships are really for. Yes, relationships are for meeting needs. Relationships are for the connection. Relations, relationships are for undoing aloneness. But from a different perspective, we have to, we have to be honest about what relationships are really for. And when we are using other people to fill our hole inside, then we have a piece of us that isn't, you know, really developing. It's just filling in the gaps. And so how do we develop these parts of us that have been using other people, whether it's in marriage or in the hookup culture, to fill this real big hole of loneliness? Well, first of all, we have to recognize that we're doing this. We have to recognize that we're using people. We're not really wanting to get to know the other person, but we're using people as a means to get a hole filled. We're not engaging with them in a loving way that keeps them and us safe and in connection 
but we're using them for our own selfish purposes. And I had to recognize that, that I, I was using marriage as a means for my own gain, not necessarily as a means to know and understand my husband, but for my own purposes. And that he was using me in a sense to um, not have this addiction anymore. He thought that marriage would fix that. He thought that marriage to me would fix that. And not to say there wasn't real love between us or that there wasn't a real desire for us to know each other. But I think the magnetic driving force was the initial issues, which is me trying to fill the the loneliness hole and him trying to stop an addictive behavior that he hated and didn't want to do. And it didn't work for either one of us. It actually left both of us uh, in a place where we were not standing in our values and because I know, like for me, when I was when I get activated in this place of this real lonely child part of me, my values went out the window. I mean, I'd be activated and angry and in a place of disconnection and losing myself further and not holding boundaries for, that were healthy for me. And so I really had to consider that. And then I know for him, you know, he wanted to value marriage, but because he had this really young part of him that was so addicted from such a young age he couldn't value the marriage. He couldn't show up in the marriage. So then he was violating his own, his own values. And there's a real, real devastation when you, when you are doing that in the place where you wanted it to be sacred. And I had to really face the fact that, man, something that I thought was sacred, which was marriage. I thought marriage was sacred. I mean, since I can remember, it was something that I really wanted. And, and I thought this, this is everything, you know, that I myself was using marriage to fulfill something that it wasn't for. And I was violating my own values and how I was showing up in the marriage. And, and not to say that like, you know, like obviously my offense is very different than my husband's, you know, I wasn't violating a covenant, but in a sense, I was definitely not honoring it either because I wasn't, you know, forsaking myself for him in a sense, in a healthy way. I'm not talking about like an unhealthy boundaryless way. I'm just talking about where I consider him and, and like this, this was about him as well. It was more about me with all that being said, what is causing the biggest disruptions I'm noticing is that people are avoiding connection more than ever because of the trauma and the pain and the lack of connection in their childhood, they're avoiding connection by this, this quick means to an end in connection. And it's leaving people more empty than it ever has. I just heard a study about this. It was actually, it was from a not, it's from a non-religious, um, gosh, I can't even remember what his name is right now, but He's a non-religious um, therapist, a psychologist, and he was talking about how there's been some studies showing and research studies showing that people that have more than nine partners prior to marriage end up getting divorced and um, being unfaithful in their marriage. People that have less than nine partners, the study shows that they end up being faithful and they're less likely to divorce. And then virgins are less likely, almost 0% um, to cheat and divorce. Now, obviously that those are just a study. It doesn't mean that there isn't the occasional differences between that. 
But all that to say is that the study is shows that there is real um, connection between people who are, you know, like, like able to stay with one partner and have the one partner that they go in marriage with and they value and commit to that one person. There's, there's the study is confirming that we need to have a, a single partner um, versus if we have a bunch of partners that leads to more disconnection, more trauma, more pain, more um, divorce and infidelity than having the ability to stay a virgin and be in connection with one partner. There is a real difference between what hookup culture is causing versus what you know, maybe other religions have valued, which is the sacredness of your body, the sacredness of oneness, the sacredness of marriage. And it is causing this real dysfunction within our society. I mean, it's, I heard that pornography is really an epidemic. It's the, the way that it's showing up for so many people is causing so much disconnection in people and unhealth. And how it's affecting the brains of other people, this unwanted sexual behavior and the shame that is all attached to that is a huge epidemic. And then we've got like the the piece of it where, you know, as you continue to spread yourself out between so many people, you're you're losing parts of yourself and you don't know who you're really connecting with. You don't know what's on the other side of that person. Like, I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, for, for what my husband was doing and I had no idea. I can't imagine just connecting with random people out there in this way. And you don't even know this person. You don't know what they're carrying. You don't know who they are and you're swapping DNA with them. It's, I just think like, you might as well just go ahead and use a toilet like that has crap all over it. And know that you're going to get somebody else's junk all over you and you have no idea what's in that and what you're exposing yourself to. You don't know what kind of um, diseases you're exposing yourself to. You don't know what kind of demons you're exposing yourself to. What is on the other side of that person? Do they have a family? Do they have a wife? Do you know what, what is their story? And it's become a place where people are no longer going towards connection, but they're going towards avoidance. And we're pushing an avoidance culture with all of this hookupness and it's becoming disastrous. People are not developing in their character. They're not growing. And this leaves you purposeless. This leaves you in a place of not being able to have a healthy adulthood where you can grow and, and be um, evolving over time. It causes people to be immature and stuck in this, you know, really young place of sexuality and aloneness. The, the, I mean, I have talked to so many people who have done this behavior and they, the, the reality is, is that you are more alone the more you do the behavior because the more you have to hide and cover yourself and you're not able to be known, which is our biggest longing really as humans, we desire to be known, but it's so scary to be known. And because it's so scary to be known, this seems safer. But let me tell you on the other end of it, it's not safer because you end up being emotionally um, immature. You lack emotional intelligence. You lack um, integrity. 
you people don't really know you, so you can't take any relational nutrients in from this space. And when we're using people to fill our own selfish needs, we become like a child and we stay in a child place or we've just stayed in that child place. It's like when I think about my son and how he's like, I want it and I want it now. He's five. That's normal for him. But can you imagine him carrying on as an adult like that? It would be so disgusting. That's what this culture is breeding. And as I was contemplating my own story and how I was trying to fill my own aloneness and was left lonelier, that is selfish. And it comes from this really young place where I didn't have my needs met. And so what did I have to do? Well, first of all, I had to recognize it. I had to recognize that, oh my gosh, like I was trying to fill this really deep alone place in me and it's not working. In fact, there I'm repeating cycles because this part is unhealed in me. And I will repeat cycles until I can start processing that part of me and grieve the losses that are associated with that loneliness. Number two, I cannot heal something that I do not acknowledge and grieve. So I have loneliness in my childhood where I was not able to get my needs met. And I found another solution with that. I found having lots of boyfriends and maybe a little love addiction in that and fantasy of what my life would be like if another person came in and rescued me from the loneliness that I'm really feeling. I had to grieve the losses of not having this part of me met. Number three, ownership and taking this into relationship and sharing this with other people that can hold the space for that part of me that needs to know, hey, like you are lonely in this. You you didn't get these needs met and you need help and you need support. And lastly, as I, you know, notice it when these parts show up, I acknowledge them because these parts of me are really young and they need the time to grieve and process through these things and they do need support. With all of that being said, you know, where are you at in this hookup culture state? Where are you at in your story with maybe you got married because you were trying to fill fill a hole of loneliness that you thought marriage would fix it or relationships that you keep cycling through? What is the hookup culture providing for you? What has hookup culture done to you? If you've been a partner on the other end where you've been betrayed by your partner because of hookup culture, what, what has that done for you? And what is this part of you needing to heal in yourself and maybe your relationship? And, and maybe just consider how the loneliness, if you are involved in hookup culture and you did marry somebody to fill the gap of loneliness and that hasn't worked out for you, Notice that this is not really what you expected because you were expecting somebody to save you or you were expecting that your loneliness would be filled by having a random hookup and it's not, and it's breeding more loneliness inside. If you uh, relate to this, I just want to share with you that there is hope for you. You don't have to continue in this behavior, but what you do have to do is heal the part of you that is going towards the behaviors and going towards the particular um, replays of trauma, uh, you, you have to heal that part of you. So there's hope. You do have to pursue that healing. And if you pursue it, I promise you, you will be able to have those needs of you met with a different perspective, not with 
expecting somebody to save you or avoiding the pain, but really getting into it and having those parts of you healed and integrated. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach.